Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, David Sano, joined, as always, by the Batman to my Robins, Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, feeling like, uh, I feel like we're scrounging. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you gotta play, sometimes you gotta play the hits in our very own Red, Red Hood, Nightwing, uh, which you take your choice, Eric. Uh, it's Eric Ronenbeck. Eric, how are you doing? I thought I could be Solomon Grundy. Podcasting. Ooh, Solomon Grundy, one on the money? Uh, Monday podcast hey, on a Tuesday. Uh, Eric, uh, two things. One, you got to lean in a little bit, I think. And two, mm. two. Well, it's because uh, last week I was blowing everyone out. So. <laughs> and then uh, do you think, uh, do you th- what do you think, like Solomon Grundy or Man Thing? Oh, I like, uh, my favorite thing about Man Thing is uh, when people like have the, you know, picture of the comic or an action figure. And then I say, I like your giant size Man Thing. Because that was the comic <laughs> in the 70s. It, the, the 70s comic was giant sized man thing it's like well, that is such an inside baseball joke i i really appreciate that only for us man, nerds i was very excited about man thing in uh in marvel snap i'm not gonna lie so okay we got to start with this though let's start with the drama okay gotta go back to uh, agent three thank you for your service getting us devin witherspoon i appreciate you always uh marshawn lynch went on club shay shay and was asked kind of about the relationship with uh pete carroll and russell wilson and he said like i don't i don't mess with pete carroll too much but i mean that makes sense it's like a 70 year old man <laughs> like, like it's not surprising that a 27 27 year old didn't hang out with a 70 year old uh, that's fine i don't think and i don't think anyone would care about that but he's like i didn't really hang out with russell and then he get, told this story and i feel like he tried to be as diplomatic as possible but he, um, tried dude, he was really trying after that look he gave shannon sharp so okay, so, so the story the, the story best. he tells the story he tells Dude, basically goes he, he cushions that language hard. Okay, so the story he tells basically goes he there's a game against the Titans. Okay, Kevin, did you look up the game, the actual game? Uh, did you, I did. Yes. You know, did you figure out what game he was talking about? Okay, so so it was. Uh, yeah, because yes, I uh, okay. So I looked it up. But I, I cannot, I cannot. Um, so it was Seahawks versus Titans. Yeah, I looked up right I think, after I saw it. I think it was tw- uh, 2013. Okay. Um, in this game, Marshawn Lynch has two touchdowns, but the Seahawks lose 20 to, to 13. Um, and the Russ does not have like a, like a, like an awesome game. Yeah, he's got here. 155 all-purpose uh, yards. Uh, Sherm got a pick, but like they just couldn't do anything against Titans defense. Yeah, Russ runs for 61, 257, but they just like couldn't finish their drives, and and it, it just okay. Anyway, they lose the game, and then you know Marshawn calls Russ apparently, and he says, "Well, no, no, hey, no, 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 no." He calls. Call he calls. He can't call Russ. He doesn't have his number. So he calls like the uh, like director of player personnel, like the guy, you know, like the player manager guy for the Seahawks. And he says, hey, I, I want to talk to Russ. He gets a call from a block number. A block number like he's doing a drug deal. So, so he doesn't answer it. Unavailable. And then, the, and then the guy, the player personnel guy calls back and says, hey, did you get a call from Russ? And he goes, no, but I got a call from a block number. He's like, that's Russ. So Russ is using like star <laughs> star six seven or whatever to make sure that that, that Marshawn doesn't, doesn't have his number because he's worried that Marshawn's going to abuse having his phone number. Honestly, so that's we're making a joke here, but that's like issue one right there is the sheer distrust 
that Russ had towards his teammates. Like that's I'm super going weird. To be separate from you. It's not even distrust. It's like um, you know how sometimes your boss wants to keep like a layer between you and your at your job. Yes. It it feels like that, but he's not your. But Russ isn't your boss. <laughs> Russ is your teammate. So it's Don't like tell Russ that. That's like the kind of thing that's weird. Is and and you know what? I never thought like oh Russ is kind of acting like he thinks he's like a manager. Until, you know, this this added on to the office thing last year is like <laughs> Russ really sees himself as his role on the football team is middle management, <laughs> he's, which he's, really explains like his sense of humor. His whole vibe is is generic middle management. So I guess like he found an avenue. He's somewhere between. Uh, yeah, somewhere between the coach and the and the and one of the players. So yeah, Russ is Russ is middle manager. So then after that, he he goes and he Russ. So they have the phone call. They have the phone call, and Marshawn basically says, you know, hey, you know, I, I'll pick up the slack for you. You pick up the slack for me. I know this game didn't go how we wanted it to. We expected to be able to throw on these guys. Such a good teammate too. It it didn't mm-hmm. work out perfectly but hey you know I, I got your back you know and I, I i know you got mine too and russ's and apparently russ's response to it was was not good which was i was like kind of quiet I, it sounded like he's like, it was like okay, well he Marshawn right. like doesn't really explain what russ says so this is what i this which is actually where i think it's super messed up this is actually where you guys come in what do you think russ said right here that got Marshawn because Marshawn looks confused. Even to this day, he looks confused about the response. Like he's not sure what what Russ was talking about, or he says multiple times that Russ didn't understand what he was trying to say. So, what do you think uh, Russ Russ said back to to Marshawn? Like, what do you what do you guys think? Let's hey, let's you let's got do this some. Be a ticket first. Let's do a little baseless speculation. <laughs> Uh, i'll start with the lead uh, since so i thought about this too (laughs) because it's fun i mean let's face it it's i don't know it's some sort of misfortune the broncos are having i have no skin in the game and i'm just kind of (laughs) like but i think russ probably said something along the lines and maybe a little a little nicer than the way i'm going to put it but something is like you worry about you and i'll worry about me because that's very like putting the hand up saying like it's that's no concern of yours and that i think would confuse marshawn that's actually said, like a really good answer that i did not well, I think of. about it i thought about like i was i listened to that whole thing and i was like oh this is you know i'm kind of getting into the the gossip i'll just be honest with you i'm like yeah, i'm so giddy about it but that would that would kind of confuse marshawn and it wouldn't really piss him off but it wouldn't be like you know russ's can like oh you know we just got a one step at a time Cool, yeah, brother. So you know, that's I what I think. I think okay. you, know, the, you know, we tried to separate in the preparation. Separate. We took it one step at a time. Kevin, just you like know? I told my and wife, separation is a preparation. That's right. And Marshawn Lynch was sitting there like, we're on the same team. You can actually like talk to me like another person. And instead he's like, yo, you know, like uh, instead Russ is like, you know, we, we, we're just going out there to try and win each drive, each play, each game. And, and Marshawn's like, I was in the huddle. I was part of those drives. And so he's just confused. <laughs> my, my guess was that Russ got really defensive, you know, like he got, got mildly defensive, like kind of in the way Eric said, but I was thinking more aggressive, but he, but Russ isn't really aggressive. So you're probably right, Eric. Like, <laughs> he's not, he's more passive. He wasn't say. mad. He was just disappointed. Now, if, <laughs> If only we could get 
Shannon Sharp and Richard Sherman to find out why Percy Harvin punched Golden Tate. That's like the one thing I still need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging. I'm begging. Tell me. I got to figure it out. I mean, we can probably figure it that out too. But yeah. spill that tea. All right. So uh, let, let's let's shift gears to this is. I think this is, we talked about this last week. This is why we love the Seahawks and are frustrated by the Mariners. Uh, and Pete Carroll said in his interview this week, he is still kicking himself for the way the Seahawks played in the second half against the Rams in week one. Uh, how does that make, how, what, how do you feel? I mean, that just feels good, right? It just feels good to know that our coach is so lives or dies with like that and is still holding that, holding on to that feeling, right? That he's still holding on to that feeling and make, kind of making something out of it I, I love that I don't know that's it that's all I got but Pete Carroll's great attitude as always I think it forces everyone to cut the Seahawks some extra slack when you know that they live and die with it like that it's it's um it's endearing it's the reason why like Cal Raleigh's response made the Mariners fan base happy and Jerry DePoto's made us confused sad and angry and it's because we want the people who we live and die with their effort to live and die with uh with their own and like you know pete cares uh like if you listen because pete's pete's a uh unredeemably positive human like he's just positive about everything things that you shouldn't be positive about like he could step in like a pile of dog crap on the side of the road he'd be like you know i'm just glad that dog's getting enough fiber and uh you hear him talk about how he got bounced out of the league um the way things went with the jets and the way things went with new england and this guy's like no i I'm constantly out here. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's positive about it. But but Pete's out there constantly feeling like he has to prove that he's that high-level head coach. And so he's going to take a moment like that. Like, he knows people say McVay has his number. He knows that uh, the the Seahawks came in with some off-season hype and didn't deliver in that week one, and it changed uh, expectations. You know he feels that because he wants to go out there and be the best every week. Like that's the one of the biggest reasons he cut out on USC um, when sanctions were coming down was because he didn't feel like the college had his back. They didn't stand up the way that they needed to. Yeah. And you could talk a lot about that situation in a lot of different ways, but I think that says something about how he feels about having his teams back and about uh, being responsible for things. Yeah, Eric, do you got anything? Um... Going over the Kevin's, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Kevin's positivity of Pete Carroll. I think back to um, Eric's. Eric's dying, guys. I am. I'm choking. You know, he's just really feeling that second half of week one. Too, you know, <laughs> for the record, I don't think that uh, a second half would have helped us against the Rams. I think that we were dead from the start. But <laughs> I'm so emotional. I think of when Earl Thomas went down. <laughs> just, just feel a little verklempt. <clears throat> Do you remember when Earl Thomas went down and, like, you know, he flipped, he flipped off the coaching sideline, and they asked him about it after the game, and he was like, "How dare you!" You don't understand. <laughs> it was like, come on, Pete. You could just be like, you could take the middle road there. But he was just like, you guys don't understand. <laughs> We're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> that's why. That's why he took this off. It's kind of yeah. I love. I just wanted to backpack on Kevin's positivity note because he is. I mean, that's. I think that's what's so endearing about him. I mean, would you rather have a, a curmudgeon like Bill Belichick, who's uh, you know losing games and and not being fun? Um, I'll take I'll yes. take Pete right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> years ago, years ago, yes. So Not now, 
let's go let's go to the next story i'm just glad that this that you know always compete is is a real thing it's not not just it's not just talking box box all right kevin last week you made a prediction during the podcast you said devin witherspoon's about to win defensive player of the week he did win defensive player of the week well deserved crazy game for witherspoon i was um but the best part was not just the uh, him winning defense players week. It was the reaction on the Manning cast. <laughs> I've probably rewatched this now because I watched the Manning cast and I was like, dang, they just look sad. And we all know, like, you know, Eli and Peyton root for each other's teams. So if the Broncos, the Giants or the Colts are on the Manning cast, like that's the that's their teams, right? They're rooting for those teams. Uh, it was hilarious to watch those guys get get sad. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just resting Manning face for just so long. It was so good. Yeah, it was like it was like Eli was back on the field throwing another <laughs> uh, really really bad interception. Oh, how time does, does go go by. Hey, you know I love the Manning cast. Do you guys like the Manning cast? Yeah, yes, I, it's I super love it. It's it good eighty percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> last week though it was it was good, but it was not enough to make me watch the whole game. I was like, yeah, this nope. is this is still Las Vegas versus. <laughs> Versus the yeah. Packers and the Packers can't move the ball. And I just hate I have okay, so I have been fantasy really gone deep on AJ Dillon for many years now, and I just like I don't know, I have this like d- intense dislike of, of AJ Dillon now. <laughs> and so like he finally had like a decent game. It wasn't even a good game, but he had just a decent game and it was just making me mad. Anyway. I like how bitter you sound about decent right there too. That that really sums it up. All right. Let's go with the Eric, we're going back to you for drama. Jamal Adams no. yelled yelled at the concussion guy. Uh, he posted the apology on Twitter, and the NFL said that was a good apology. Do, do you do you agree? Is that, was that was that good analysis by the NFL? <laughs> sure, because I don't want him getting in trouble. Uh, I just kind of realized these guys are all like egotistical alpha males, and obviously Jamal Adams. I think if he heard my take, you know, I've I've never really been a fan of bringing him here for what we gave up. And I think that when he's flying high, he would tell me that I don't know anything. And as of right now, he'd be dying to prove me wrong because he's got that. He got that dog in him. Um, I just don't you think it's an incredibly bad look for the NFL if a guy who just recently got a head injury gets fined for how he acts after there's a head injury out of the game because you have this head injury and we don't think you have the mental capacity to play football that you've been doing all your life but also you said bad words there's that point of view (laughs) but the reality is is that the nfl just wants to gloss over everything and i feel like they don't even think that far into it tell the truth yeah they're very much just like ignore it let it go away he's fine they'll find the end all right uh Second on all the injuries for so Jamal Adams is expected to clear concussion protocol or he did today. I didn't I, I was actually supposed to check this before the podcast started, but I, I checked it late afternoon and I didn't see that he cleared. Um, yet. So I yeah, he's, he's either about to get to uh, to clear COVID pro, or to clear <laughs> concussion protocol or he already did, which is great. Um, so, yeah, he, then we've got uh, cross is practicing again. Jaron Reed is moving well in practice. Uh, Gino's knee is apparently completely Gino fine. Is, it's he's completely healed. It's a miracle. We, he's fine. We said it last week. The bye could not have come in a better time. All these guys are coming back from injury. Who's still missing? Abraham Lucas. That's it, right? I don't think Pretty like much. any. I don't think any other major players are going to be out for this game. Uh, Loki uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma uh, getting another week to get his hand right with some rest and. Uh, proper recovery, I think, could be 
uh, could be could be really good for us. I agree. Do you agree. do you think do you think that uh, the the uh, injury is why he's not getting as many catches, or do you think it's just uh, I don't I understand. don't think he would have he's two open. drops if it wasn't for the injury. He's okay. Yeah, he's open all the time though. It's it's like crazy yeah. when you go back I think and it's watch synergy. All it's got to be just chemistry between him and Geno. It's not yeah. like. You know, the only game where we really couldn't get anything going was the Rams. And you and know, Gino's seen it on the tape too, right, Eric? Because he he's got had that he had that sideline thing where he's like, "I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna find you. I I see you. I see you." And he's like, also telling him, gassing him." Gino, you know, any quarterback is talking about tape. I really believe Gino. I trust Gino. Like, I don't know. I I feel Gino's been so solid that I'm sad that I I doubted him for you know the beginning of his career. It's crazy. Like this turnaround does not happen fast without Gino. If we were playing drew lock these two seasons, I think last season we missed the playoffs this season. We're probably, you know, looking at another seven win season. Um, Cause we missed out on all the quarterbacks. We, our pick was not high enough to get, to get one of the three quarterbacks. Although right now it's looking at like also Young. look at how those did. Well, um, CJ Stroud looks, Stroud, yeah. CJ Stroud looks one. great. And oh, Richardson sorry, two years ago, Richardson looks great as well. Uh, just uh, he needs to Anthony Richardson. If you're listening, you don't have to get hit every time you can. You can instead of watching Josh Allen, what he does, which is suicidal. And I'm in awe always that this guy is not injured and possibly uh, <laughs> starting to catch up with him. Yes. And you see it like he's he's getting beat up now. You can do more like what Lamar does or what what a Russ does. You know, you can just avoid the contact, go down early. You don't have to get murdered. He's like, I don't want to turn into Russ, and I don't want to be wasted like Lamar. I'm going to kill myself on the field. He's going, you know what? <laughs> I've been watching the quarterback history of the Indianapolis Colts, and I know exactly how to handle this. <laughs> I, want a, I want a career-ending injury, too. Why don't I get a career-ending injury? All right. Well, I thought it'd be fun right now to do a couple like like you know midseason check in type things, except for it's only week five. So so, but since this is our bye week, uh, let's check in on some of the midseason stuff. So let's go awards. NFL. I posted the odds on on uh in the in the uh, show notes here. You can click the link and follow through if you want. So I will. What I'm gonna say is I'll I'll say a, a notable Seahawk who is uh who is up for the award. And then you, and then you know, you guys can tell me which which odds kind of look juicy too. So NFL MVP, we'll start with that. Patrick Mahomes is the favorite at plus three fifty. Uh, the first Seahawk appearing on the MVP list is, of course, quarterback Geno Smith at plus eight thousand. Uh, are right. there are there any? Yeah, I I think he's like the tenth quarterback on this list, and that feels fine to me. Like if the Seahawks, if the Seahawks win the division, he's got a good chance to to be MVP. And you know, eight. 80 to one, I think, reflects both the odds of us getting winning the division combined with the odds of Geno Smith being like a top five quarterback, because that's I think what has to happen. Um, that the, the I think that's a pretty strong reflection of that. I think the dumbest odds on here are Purdy plus seven hundred. Come on, <laughs> if 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 San Francisco goes fifteen and goes fifteen and two and is the number one seed in the NFC, Christian McCaffrey is going to win the MVP, not about Brock saying, Christian Purdy. McCaffrey having, uh, having twice as bad odds as Brock Purdy, I think is where it's really a problem. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, I'm not against like, San- okay, I'm not, I'm not like a, a psychopathic homer who thinks like San Francisco is just going to be bad. This isn't Brett. I'm not Brett, okay? Like <laughs> I understand that they're a very good team, especially if they stay healthy. But if they end up winning 15 games, it's because Christian McCaffrey stayed healthy every week and was just – 
incredible. Um, so any odds here stick out to you guys as like, hey, that's pretty that's pretty good odds. Uh, I think I might get. I think uh, people should get in on that. I have one. Uh, honestly I have one as well. <laughs> the Brock Purdy thing is the only thing I wanted to. Oh, the only thing I wanted to remark about is because San Francisco looks uh, unfortunately really good. And yes, they do look good. I, I'm very, I'm very upset about it. And uh, McCaffrey looks good. Brock Purdy looks like lights out good. And sure. I just think that that's, you know, the idea that we have to always give it to a quarterback. Um, it's kind of like when a defensive player wins the Heisman. I'm like, oh, there's still some integrity. But um, <laughs> they, they, it seems like they always have to give the MVP to a quarterback. And I would say, like, don't sleep on Brock Purdy, even if it's the wrong call. Uh, don't sleep uh- on my my guy's a quarterback also because you're right. Like it does feel like quarterbacks are are a quarterback. This is a quarterback disproportionately a quarterback award. Quarterback award. So I think Jared Goff at plus twenty five hundred is pretty sweet. Uh, like he could win, and I also think Jalen Hurts at six to one is like pretty long for a guy that probably should be the favorite or close to it. I know he hasn't been incredible this year, but they haven't lost yet. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's right, man. A different there. quarterback. And that is, uh, I feel like Lamar Jackson is driving really well with Todd Munkin's offense. His receivers just are incapable of catching a football. Yeah, only um, Zay Jones, only somehow only Zay Flowers has hands. <laughs> except he has Rashad, a ton of drops too. He just Rashad has the volume. Bate, it doesn't matter. Rashad Bateman, like dude, there's two that hit him yes. in the hands. I was like, bro, you got to come down with those. And I'm then, just saying, the, don't the, give that the, guy your baby. My favorite thing was the the announcers like, oh, uh, Rashad Bateman still getting back in the flow of the game. It's like. Nah, dude, he just isn't it. He just <laughs> he's just not that guy. You want to hear want to hear a funny thing about these odds? Bailey Zappi has like better odds than than like Jamar Chase and stuff because the because quarterbacks, you know. Okay, anyway, offensive rookie of the year. Okay, notable Seahawk obviously is going to be JSN, but JSN is a long shot at plus five thousand. CJ Stroud the favorite at plus one ten, followed closely by Puka Nakua and Bijan Robinson. That's I my have, Seahawks pick, Bijan Robinson. Bijan plus five. Bijan's you know, good. That, that one. You know handed, who I wanted on draft day. So that one-handed catch Eric last week, the on the shovel pass where he like was kind of had his body turned at a crazy angle and then brought it back in for the touchdown. Dude, that was gross. I, that is. I love Spoon. I love Spoon. I really do. But I'm sorry, man. Bijan, like you hear every time you like, see him, he's just. Everyone like this guy's really gonna be a star. I'm like, I know, I know he's gonna be. A he's star. so good. His his film was just. Uh, yeah, porn for porn for college football tape nerds. Uh, I like Sam Laporta plus four thousand. That guy's tearing it up. Um, if CJ Stroud like takes a step back, Puka Nakua loses some receptions to to roll, and Atlanta just can't seem to put it together. Like Atlanta, Atlanta's just like that almost team this year. They're like almost. They're in every game, but they're just not winning. Uh, they're just almost. I don't know if they're a good almost though. Yeah, I either their quarterback just... can't play well enough, or they refuse to open up the offense enough. It's. I mean, what they're they're th- are they three and two or two and three? They're three and two. Yeah, they're three and two, and it's just like, but they just don't seem great. <laughs> they, they just seem they're they're. You know what they are? They're the Titans, Kevin. I think you said this on the off season. They're like the new Titans. They really feel like the new Titans, man. It's just like they're gonna win more games yeah. than you think because they're in every game. But ugh, it's just ugly to watch. It's not fun. Ritter is really <laughs> really not good. I do not like Desmond Ritter anymore. I'm like ugh, the Riddler. So so yeah, but Sam Laporta tearing it up i'm really a big fan i think he's super good uh it's been very exciting he's what everyone thought dalton kincaid would be so yeah good for him 
in my opinion. You got got anything else there? I mean, I feel like Bijan should be the favorite. He's got the excitement factor. He's got the key weapon in a probable playoff team factor. Like, there's a lot of things rolling in his favor. Um, I don't think the Texans will be able to keep it up well enough to be able to keep Stroud above him. But I, I think that's the primary race. Um, the other one I could see is Anthony Richardson is such a walking highlight reel that he could come back from injury and just absolutely tear it up for the back two thirds of the season. And it won't even matter that he missed a few games. Like he's just, he's that good. And they were going to get Jonathan Taylor back and it might be enough to kind of take things over the edge. And it would be risk. I would be uh, wrong to not tell you that Jake Bobo is on the board at 200 to one. He is the last guy on the board. (laughs) Hey man, a lot of people are starting to say, is it going to be more Bobo time? Bobo season? Second half of the season. And I'm like, JSN, bruh. Defensive rookie of the year is basically down to four guys already. Everyone else is extremely long odds. Carter's the favorite at minus 175, then Spoon at plus 350. Will Anderson and Brian Branch at plus 1400 each. And then it is just like, good good luck, I guess. So, does it, did it, are you guys taking one of these upsets? Or are we all in on spoon? We're just gonna we're just gonna put all our chips on spoon. I like I like the idea of taking with your spoon. I mean, look at the game he had against the Giants, obviously, but the week before it was like a it was like a coming out party just locally, like just a guy that where you kind of stopped talking about Jalen Carter. And I'm excited to see what he's gonna do. And if he has like these last two games, if he makes those two games every three games, that's a lot to ask, but. I think that would make him a lock for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I really like Will Anderson's odds at 14 to 1. I think he should be closer to even with the other guys, especially the way he is getting after the passer and and just doing a lot of like Will Anderson stuff. The big thing for him is that, you know, he doesn't have sack numbers yet, yet, but I think it's coming. I think it's coming for him. He looks really good. The Texans what are he needs for- is one of the other Texans uh pass rushers to kind of force a little bit more attention. Because he's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's go to uh, OPOY, Offensive Player of the Year. McCaffrey's the favorite. Tyreek, um, notable, notable Seahawk here. Let's go with um, Ken Kenneth Walker. Now, DK's plus 8,000. Um, Ken Walker is – sorry, I got I to gotta use my search. Oh, I think he's on here. I thought I saw him. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's – 15,000 so 150 to 1. Uh yeah, for me like I good luck on this one. OPOY like if it's McCaff- McCaffrey stays healthy, great, but man, and Jefferson got hurt. So it's like Harry kill that 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 Dolphins offense is video games. That's nuts. Yeah. That's I actually know. I would I would say Tua just because it's fun like I don't think Tua is really going to win much as far as MVP awards or championships. But if they just put up crazy numbers, they could... I just think like you know, quarterback, a known name. Let's face it, they kind of go like, who's the bigger name? And uh, McCaffrey might win it for that reason. But as a fun vote, I'd go Tua. Do you count as right. a known name if everyone tries to avoid saying your last name because they don't want to butcher it? Tongue. <laughs> Tonga Vilo. All right, I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip to coach of the year just because I want to talk about this. It, it the these awards. I know Pete Carroll's not going to win it, but he's thirty to one, and some of the guys ahead of him. That's insulting. I just like, I just like can't. Uh, sh- why is Matt Lafleur ahead of <sighs> ahead of 
Pete Carroll in the coach of the year odds. Like, um, Matt maybe it Le- wasn't updated since French. Uh, this is live odds. They, this is the live odds. The, uh, the Athletic just puts the live odds on their page. I just Pete Carroll is so disrespecting this award. This team is one of the youngest teams in football. They are consistently overperforming. I just do not understand. Like if we didn't have Jaron Reed and Bobby Wagner dragging up the average age of our team, like this this would be like one of and Gino too. Gino's pretty pretty old, especially considering how little he's you know played in the NFL. It's I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Well, just dragging up the average age. Just his just his limbs, Kevin. Oh my gosh, D. Eskridge. Okay, I didn't say dragging down the average talent. I said dragging up the average age. Is, uh, wait, is he coming off an injury list? Is he going to play this week ever? I'm just. Kidding. I thought it was gambling suspension. I thought it was gambling suspension. Oh, that's a- right. Six games for gambling because he's not going to make his money on the field. Is, that's correct, right? Is it? Is it? Is no, it, you're right. Is, no, that's okay. okay, okay six okay. games. That's my. I just wanted to make. I just wanted to because make sure. when uh, Calvin really went down, and Jameson Williams said, were playing slot machines after okay, the. Uh, uh, actually, said, I'm going to be even stupider. <laughs> okay, and that's not actually not what anything. it is. I looked it up. It says um, in a statement from ESPN, Eskridge's agency said the suspension stems from an unfortunate incident involving his child's mother. He took responsibility for his role in the incident. Deeply regrets any embarrassment he has caused us. So I wish it was gambling. Yeah, that's where I am going to, because I don't like to be wrong. I'm going to stick to it and say that he put a bet on her and it no. somehow wasn't a good idea. Uh, yeah, she bet, she bet on the game, but against him and he was really mad. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's do the remaining schedule analysis. Here we go. Welcome, Kevin. Uh, we had, let's just do this now. We had to at Bengals this week. Uh, and I, I I don't want to talk too much about it because we're going to burn our uh, our final topic here. But uh, I think this is this is a potential win. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think it's a potential win, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like Joe Burrow needs a get-right game and – Oh man, middle of the it's field. It's got some real trap game potential. I'm not gonna I'm not second, gonna disagree with that. Yeah, the like second, the saying, second half of last game was the get right game for him. Now it's now it's now he can said, get wrong. He's he right. can get wrong all over. All right, I'll just say it now because I think like let's just talk about the Bengals a little bit more because we have we are talking about it anyway. Did you want to do the surprise player thing first? Because that's a big transition. No, let's just let's just do okay. it after. Oh, if we have, it was, that was kind of a if we have time thing. At Bengals, okay. The Seahawks showed last week or two weeks ago that they can beat the breaks off of any team that has a bad offensive line and wow this this Bengals offensive line just it's not good jim it's wow it is not good it is very not good and that's not to say that it won't come together but i i do feel like the biggest problem with the Bengals has nothing to do with the players on the field it is a coaching issue and it's the same coaching issue they've had for a few years now. And a reason that I, I think me and Kevin have both been in pretty stark agreement that this team's never going to get over the hump. It's because Zach Taylor is, is garbage. This is so, a guy who's who slept on Joe Mixon in the Super Bowl. Don't forget that. This is yeah, a guy who slept on Sean McVay's couch and got a job. Samaje P. Ryan. Uh, got to get him in there. Then now now he's uh, helping Sean Payton go one and four in the first five games. <laughs> Every... Every time you think it can't get more embarrassing for Sean Payton, it does. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it couldn't happen to a worse guy, which is why I love it. Just Sean Sean Payton. Um, 
sucks. Anyway. Yeah, never forget Bounty Gate. Screw that guy. But yeah, bottom 10 pass blocking team. And that includes like Joe Burrow gets the ball out pretty quick. And they've got receivers who can get open pretty quickly. So like their pass block efficiency is even worse than just like their raw pressure numbers. Uh, And then, yeah. So what I'm saying is that it looks bad, but it's actually worse than that. Where do you guys... Where do you guys think their long game stands with Jamar Chase against our safeties? That's the thing is that I think it is like a good, a good, a decent matchup. Like our defense should be able to pass rush against their offense. So our defense should be able to do all right. But their defense also, you know, unless cross, if cross is back, we might see a little improvement in our, in our uh, offensive line that could kind of even out the the advantage that I think they should have on def- when they're on defense. And so, Trey Reek and Spoon make it interesting because I feel like any of those three can do as good a job as anybody in the NFL at covering Jamar Chase. The other like, thing he's is, gonna get his, but like they, they're gonna make it suck for him. Every week I look at the DVOA and the PFF ratings of our defense and it's go- it's gone up every week. I just feel like we got off to kind of a bad start and yeah. <laughs> it happened. And we didn't have Witherspoon, which is obviously making a pretty big difference. He's a, to- he's a tone setter. He's got a little hammer next to his name. So the, you know, the, I think that does make a difference, uh, has made a difference on our defense and we just continue to improve. Another thing I, w- I want, oh, we'll get to it. Uh, versus cards. That's, a, that's be a, a slam dunk win, right? Cards are surprisingly frisky. I think that that's the trap game right there. The home like game against the Cards and then between, home. between at Bengals and versus Browns. And it's like, oh, here's the trap. The trap is set. Division rival at home, underestimate them. The only reason we lost to the Rams is because we underestimated them. I think if there's one like surprise loss on the schedule, it's this one. Huh. Uh like like this is the this is the the biggest trap, I think, on the schedule. All right, versus Browns. Uh, I think Dorian Thompson Robinson will probably still be starting because Watson has the mysterious Oh wait. You guys both said win, so yeah, we can move on. Versus yeah. Browns, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson starting because the shoulder in, mystery soldier shoulder injury for Deshaun Watson. I mean, the thing that's tough is it. He, he, they said they has no ligament or structural damage, but he can't get massages to fix it. Like it's the kind of thing that would be fixed with a massage. What kind of world do we live in if Deshaun Watson can't get a massage? He's he's not allowed. It's against the law for him to get a massage. So it's the only thing holding him back. Never so, knew how easy it was to chop yourself in half with a machete until he'd done it to himself. I have insider information on this game. Oh, okay, here we go. I'm ready. Because I work, uh, my desk is right next with a to massage a therapist. Oh. passionate Browns fan. What? And I some and I sometimes get a and I sometimes get massages, Kevin. So yeah, I got that too. Um and he so this is exactly what my friend Daniel said. Um he goes, I said something about the Browns and he said, Man, I hate that team. I'm done. I'm done watching that team. And, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend got me tickets to the game. I said, do not get me tickets to the Browns game. I said, <laughs> and then she bought me tickets. So now I don't want to go to this damn game. So, um, <laughs> guys, that is basically a lock win for us. If Daniel does not like uh, the Browns' I'll, chances. I'll be there. So I'll let you. I'll let you know how you it goes. lucky duck. That's our, that's our international game. I've not. I've not been. Uh, I've not been to a game. I'm trying to pry Daniel's something. tickets away from him, so I might be you, there too. Hey, if you if you go, Kevin, I'll we, let you know if I get an extra. Yeah, if you get, all right, if then we get, can all go. If yeah, if we got the tickets, we can all go to lunch. I did. I don't know. I was like, uh, I'll go with Chelsea. If, if <laughs> and and he's like, and he's like he's all mad about the Browns. He's like, fine, I'll hang out with Abby. What? Like, all right, all right. Well, it's a date. Let's go. 
<laughs> All right. So we go at Ravens next. I think this is a winnable game, but probable loss. I worry about they manufacture pass rush really well, but their offense is completely predicated on the run and our new and improved run defense. I don't know if that includes quarterback runs. So I'm kind of iffy. I'm I'm with you there, Kevin. I would say, though, this is not an automatic loss early in the yes. season or before the season. I was like, loss. This is definitely a loss. This is a coin flip right now. I yeah, think we're going we're three and weeks. one in the four coming out of the bye. So I'll go ahead and put the loss here, but but it might not be where it happens at. Yeah. Uh, versus the Manders. If we don't win this, then I have we're not no making faith. the playoffs. We're, we're in the wrong playoffs. Washington. Yeah. yeah. Man, Manders. Uh, Manders do not look good. <laughs> that yeah, I'm taking us over the Manders. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand the the Commanders. What was their like, what was the best case scenario in their mind for this team this year? I know they're two and three, and they're not like horrible. Ron Rivera is still their coach. They're gonna. They think they're gonna be feisty and young. And well, they basically got together. bailed out by Sam Howell actually being like not bad, um, but like the rest of the offense is bad, and the rest of the defense is. Hey, bad. that's no. Their wide receivers are good, but but okay. the rest, but the rest of their offense. But like the coaching is bad. <laughs> The coaching is bad. The thing is, is that they picked up two wins in the first two weeks against Arizona and Denver. That's that's what happened. And I think way people, to claim your spot on the tier list. People started to think, <laughs> hey, Washington might be kind of good. And then they lost to the Bears by 20. And now I think we know that they're not good. That's a disqualifying you, statement. You cannot lose to the Bears by 20. Everyone was like, okay, they got crushed by the Bills, but they hung in against the Eagles. Then maybe they're not so bad. Then they go to, they go to a home game against Justin Fields. And it's like Justin Fields and DJ Moore had like 280 yards passing all to DJ Moore. And it's like, all right, yeah, they suck. They're terrible. We're, if we, we could just feed DK, just give DK the ball on every play. It, it'll be fine. No offense. Gonna be tweeting out six, 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 no, six. I can't throw in a no offense. It's gonna be all, we gotta pick one guy. I think if we pick one guy, it's gotta be DK. Anyway, Jason, no fan for the rookie insults. of the year game. At at Rams revenge game is at Rams a revenge game here? I it's think it's got to be a revenge game because we I think we're going to be going hard twice. for that one. Yeah, because Pete okay. wants that one back bad. Yes, uh, full full uh, full disclosure. Every year I put us at three and three in the division because that's just how it always works in the NFC West. Um, so uh, we'll go one and one against the Rams because that's how that's going to go. Yeah, I. I generally and put us two and zero against the Cardinals. Two and zero against the Cardinals. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably right. Sorry. All right, for, okay. We got two games against the Niners in, in three weeks. Do we win either of these games? I want you guys to get on the corner. Do we win we either Niners game? Oh man, you are a brave soul. But we're going to win the away game because it's going to be dumb. Oh, okay. I uh, I watched that Sunday night football game because I hate both teams, and that just looked like a preview of what San Francisco is going to do to us. It looked like it, the game plan was was perfection uh, against the Seahawks, and I don't like it. Pete needs to study that tape and do the opposite. Here's the thing: George Kittle, George Kittle went off in that game. We have not an answer for for that. I don't no, know what what do we even and, do. But it was all like little dump off passes in the middle of the field. But, I don't want know, George Kittle be catching passes over Witherspoon and five yards, the t- eight two yards, small celebration, twelve. It's gonna oh. Give me a coronary. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. I think it's more more likely we lose both games than we win both games. But I will say one thing that I've said this whole year, which is that San Francisco has one of the most fragile rosters in the NFL. They have 10 players that are 
if you stack up those 10 players against the best 10 players on every team in the NFL, they have the best 10 players. Their first 10 is the best, but they're, they don't have any depth. If three of those guys get hurt, if they lose like Hargrave, you know, Hargrave and Bosa and Trent Williams, their team's going to be bad. They go because the guys behind those guys are not ready to play. So Bosa, McCaffrey and Williams or or like Debo, it's just any three, a combination of three of their top like six players. They're Debo, Kittle and Ayuk. If all three of those guys are hurt, who they throw into now, like all running back, they're going to do the all running back formation. But they see a a thousand times. Use check. You check McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, get them all out there. Nathan, they're going to do the flying V from the mighty ducks. They're going to run the wishbone. At Cowboys. That's got to be a win, right? I, at the beginning of the season, I thought that game would be hard, but the more I watch Cowboys, I just for, you know what? I forgot about you, Mike McCarthy. And you know what? Longtime <laughs> listeners, people who've listened to this podcast for 10 years, they know. They know. Yes. Mike McCarthy sucks. I've always hated this guy. I've always thought he was garbage. Even when they won the Super Bowl, I thought he was garbage. Aaron Rodgers carried him to a Super Bowl. The fact that he got prime Aaron Rodgers to one Super Bowl is probably the biggest failing of any coach in the NFL in history. Yes. So yeah, uh good luck good luck with that. I think we can I think we can house these. Also Dak is having absolutely a... dismantles us. I think we take this. And yeah. Dak's having a terrible year. It's versus versus Eagles is pro- probably a fun game that we lose. Like I think it's a high scoring fun game that we probably end up losing, but we we get we it's not like an the, automatic like the Ravens. Once again, not an automatic loss. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I think the Niners games are automatic losses. The Eagles game, I think, is a coin flip right now. Kevin, would you agree? The Eagles Eagles game is uh, closer than it than maybe it seemed at I first. I would put push. it as a more likely loss than win. But uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's, the whole thing is our run defense being as good as it is means that teams can't just kind of paste us. Speaking of, speaking of teams that try to run the ball a lot, uh, Titans. This Woof. is a dub. They are so bad. All right, Eric, do you want to do you want to support the Titans? Or are you uh, are you forgetting no, the Titans? No, I don't like. You want to remember the Titans? Uh, you know, if they're playing in their throwbacks, I give them a twelve percent chance. Okay, all right, I like it. Um, do you because that did you? How did you get to twelve percent? Did you take your sixty six point six six percent chance of winning? No, I took my I took my hundred percent twelve percent chance of winning. So you might as well not even try. Okay, I took first, my hundred uh, percent love of their uniforms and divided it by uh, their overall yardage on the season. Oh no, uh, versus versus Steelers. I I thought this was going to be a tough game, and it still might. But man, ugh, Steelers aren't looking. Too I'm gonna. Good. I'm going to take a W because Matt Canada is the worst offensive coordinator Fo- in the NFL. Are you talking about football terrorist Matt Canada? This guy That's this guy is terrible. I don't – what is he's this guy ma- doing? He's busy making football unwatchable. Um, uh, I just – the thing is – Did you hear about Matt Canada's burner accounts? Yes, just like Canadian great. football. Apparently, he's on he's on Twitter, like talking crap about Kenny Pickett. Like, oh, you can only call the plays; you can't make them do the reads. And then I was like, that can't be a Matt Canada burner. It's too obvious. Like, that's ridiculous. Then you then they made a game winning play last week, and Matt Canada didn't even clap or cheer or anything. And I was like, oh, maybe he how's how's this like guy Kenny still Pickett. under Tomlin? It's Why his is mom's Tomlin why isn't Tomlin fire this guy? Yeah, it's on Tomlin at this point. I agree. Because like, because Tomlin's trying to go five hundred in hard mode. He's just you know he's got a, he's running out of challenges left for ways to go is, above five hundred. Is this Tomlin is his most recent? One. <laughs> is he sick of being like the Sonics before they moved? Like not good enough to make with, uh make to it win too the far title in the playoffs, but yeah. not bad enough to. 
get a good pick. Yeah. The thing about the Steelers is like their whole defense is held together by duct tape and TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. Like it's it's like two guys hold. It's like um, their it's defense like, is San Francisco's roster, where it's, it's like the, the top end is so good. It's TJ Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and it's that flex tape thing where the guy's slapping the flex <laughs> tape onto the onto the, t- the the tube, and like they're holding it together. But man, if that flex tape comes apart or weakens at all it's over there's water everywhere it's not good uh at cards win okay because that was at that point we're probably playing for something we're probably playing for either we have a chance to win the division or we have a chance to improve our playoff seating so you realize we just put ourselves at 13 and 4 though right Uh, oh actually that's what i was gonna say pick a number what number what number are we at what do you think i'm thinking 11 i'm thinking 11 after i like kind of looked at it i think things shake out to around 11 yeah, I'm picking 12, but uh, that's plus or minus one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Seems seems about right to me. I think 49ers are probably around 13, barring injury. So, you know, we're right there. We, you know, if we can get a couple breaks our way, we can we can maybe get a win Does, against them. We can take the division. But otherwise, we're looking at, you know, fighting for the uh, five, six seed area in there. Does 10 get us to the playoffs in the NFC? It should. I, right? I agree. Yeah, I would think totally so. does. Totally does. I think nine gets you gets you in probably unless the really bad teams lose like consistently to the medium teams and you have some team that kind of sneaks in there that's like not very good but has 10 wins against a lot of like terrible teams here's the problem is that like the nfc okay so here's the thing about the nfc right now san francisco really good okay eagles really good lions pretty good and then we're and it's us. Like those are the four yeah. teams that I most people would say are good. By the way, us and over I, the Lions because we beat them head to head. Just saying. Sure, but but I'm just like <laughs> like the advanced stats really love what the Lions are doing. I'm just gonna yeah. throw that out there. Like the their Lions offensive coordinator Colin is 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 in his bag. It's great. Their, de- their defense looks really good too. They they are yeah, Aiden every, Hutchinson making uh making Jacksonville our, fans cry. Our win over them is like it's a really good win. It actually everything that Detroit's done since then really makes me feel like, hey, that's kind of the win that defines this team right now. Like, I like how we, you say since then and week one they beat Kansas City. <laughs> I don't even care. No, us, yeah, that's what I'm us. saying. Oh, no, okay. Everything uh, we've the, done since I thought you said everything they've done since then. Well, no, no, like like they everything they've done other than the lose to us, like it's like, okay, they're real. They're a real team. Yeah. Then after that, like who's even like okay, obviously like the Saints or the Falcons are gonna win that division, but then Whichever other team isn't that is the next. And then best whatever's NFC happening team. with Tampa Bay, like I think the Tampa Rams. Interesting. I think the Rams might be like a frisky playoff team, like at like uh, nine and eight. I agree with you. The Rams That's, are playing. They're playing well despite that. being taped together. Yeah, and it's, like, look Tam- at their coach, man. We I guess Tampa Bay going to get to nine wins, like exactly, like some some crappy team that we're that we're not thinking about. I don't the know Manders what to think about wins. Tampa Bay. I don't know. The Manders are like. not getting to nine wins. If the Manders <laughs> make the playoffs, I'm going to be that reaction. I'm going to be going off to a level of that far surpasses my Kirk Cousins is. A You're going to be Sam howling about it last week. Mm-hmm. You know what the worst thing is? Is that this year, like the Vikings aren't playing that bad, but they're one and four, and it's like the opposite of last year where they were playing like kind of <laughs> mediocre bad but winning every game. Now they're now they're, they're just getting the reverse variance from last year. Pretty pretty funny to me at least. All right. Anything else before I hit the uh hit the I don't know whatever you call it. No. Oh, uh, oh wait. Well, wait, we got to do I, point, we got to do scores, right? Oh, uh, yeah. scores. Uh Seahawks win 23-21. It's going to be close. This is going to be a good game. I'm excited. Uh, I think it's pretty close to a coin flip as Eric likes to say. So Eric, what do you think? I got to pick the Seahawks 
Nice, 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 nice. Oh man, uh, you are you. You guys both uh, put the framework down for what I was going to pick. So I'm going twenty-seven, twenty-one, Seattle. Now, Kevin, you seem kind of excited about this uh, biggest surprises thing. Do you want to just go rapid fire? You want to do it speed round? Yeah, this, let's, this, do, this. let's just do a really quick thing. All right. My biggest surprise, they found a great role for Bobby Wagner. He is putting up a, a renaissance season as just like a pure, like, hey, let's have him out there to stop the run and blitz guy. He's not really responsible for as many things in the pass coverage, and it has turned him into something truly great. Um, on offense, my biggest surprise is Andy Dickerson is – the coordinator or the assistant coach of the year for duct taping this offensive line together yeah. uh, and, and putting okay. it like Andy Dickerson has been a huge surprise <clears throat> when we lose uh, when we lose Shane Waldron to a head coaching job and Andy Dickerson goes with him to be the offensive coordinator it is going to be a big hit to our team and I'm already not looking forward to it <laughs> there go ahead you, you can do yours all right uh, so on defense uh, I was tempted to go with Jaron Reed because of what he did but Boy Mafe has matched his 2022 pressure total and has one less sack. He has 12 pressures and two sacks um, in less than half of the total pass rush snaps he had last season. He had a little over 200 last season. He had 83 so far this year. Dude looks legit. And uh, on a, on a small sub note to that, Derek Hall, seven pressures, pretty good for a rookie. Just saying my boy Um, on offense. uh, The O-line things a pretty good one to point out. I was going to point out, Kenneth Walker. So uh, Kenneth Walker has been really complete as a player. His pass catching and pass blocking have both been much improved. Uh, 3.33 yards after contact um, per attempt is an improvement on last year by about a third of a yard. Uh, 19 missed tackles forces, missed tackles forced puts him at a higher rate than he had last season um, for missed tackles forced per attempt. Uh, he has eight runs of 10 plus yards and four runs of 15 plus yards. Those put him at a higher rate of big runs, runs for first downs um, than he had last season. He's just looking really complete. And we drafted Charbonnet and Charbonnet is demanding a certain amount of play. And it will probably take down the overall numbers that Walker has. But his efficiency has just been like through the roof this year. And it's cool to see. All right, Eric, you got favorites this year? Yeah, um, for defense, I'm going to go the run stoppage. It takes a village, boys, and (laughs) it's not just our defensive line. It's not just our linebackers. It's Uh, just Devin Witherspoon. The the corners and safeties coming in to also make run stops. It started a little slow for us, but honestly, like, did you guys think that – I think at the beginning of the year we kind of thought that maybe our – our cornerback play was going to be better than our run stops, given what we did last year. Um, I thought it would so be average to above average, not elite. Yeah, it's right now. It's just looking really good on the offensive side of the ball. Um, oh, and Kevin, I also like Jaron Reed. I was going to go him. I decided to just lean lean into the run because uh, he's he's dealing with that. Uh, for the offensive side, I want to go tight ends, and it's just tight ends as a whole because the tight ends are doing everything you want to tie it in to do. They're making plays. They're making plays consistently. They're blocking well consistently. They've been a second offensive line for us. Uh, where would we be without our tight ends? And that's just something we've wanted. I brought this up last week, something we've wanted in tight ends for a long time. Remember when we had Zach Miller in Pete Carroll's first year <laughs> and like that guy was an all pro and he was, you know, so good at catching the ball and being a playmaker. And we just stuck him in as that, six offensive linemen 
and to just actually have a complete tight end roster, a set. Ooh, mm, I love it. All right. Well, here we go. Let's go to the to the money zone. Uh, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to Patreon's Patreon. Oh, I can't talk. Patreon. Head over to the Patreons. Patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. You can see Patreon's new logo. Eric, have you seen Patreon's new logo? Did I, I have you, not. Did you see it? Okay, no. I want you to go to pay. I want a li- I want your live react. I want you to go to I'm, Patreon. I'm going now. Right now. I'm I'm closing down my uh, what what date do the Buccaneers play in their throwbacks? Spoiler: It's a Sunday, so don't. I thought it. you were I thought you were looking at the uh, I thought you were like me looking at the Kraken night Vegas nights. Uh, oh, I, I stopped doing getting, that once it was getting nothing. Getting clinical depression. <laughs> I don't like that it looks like a painting easel. What is this? Okay, they they they, they had like a really nice logo, like something that you could. You could look at the old it. One like kind it of was like a gas station logo. Now it so looks it was, like yeah. a, a little kid dropped some paint on the ground in the shape yes. of roughly a P, and that's it. Apparently, or when you tell someone to create a word bubble, and this is their first effort. <laughs> Apparently, that the the that they were not able to copyright this logo because it was not legally distinct enough. I <laughs> totally do, agree. It's, how do you uh, feel? That's, that's, this is what I, Bob Ross carries when he's painting. I feel like that is like as, as big of an indictment as you could possibly give to That's a to indictment. a logo is that it's not le- not legally distinct enough is a, is a good description. Can't trademark it. Looks looks like a blob. Too too, ge- too generic. Looks stupid. Okay, so all uh, let's let's give it up for these supporters who are supporting the show. Do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Cooper, Evan, Floctimus, Gavin, James, Jose, Joshua. Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Sam, Sebastian, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, which, by the way, add time for Blake here for a second. Washington Fish Quest. Check him out on on YouTube. Uh, He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Bob, Casey, Crack Snacker 420, Daniel, David, Feet Me on Rye, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Loomis, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon and Nick, and then I got to talk about um, two two uh, people who two joined new. Poopy, no, two people who joined new with crazy names. You ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, turtle skin Versace moon boots. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about turtle? How do you feel about turtle skin Versace moon boots, Eric? Do you like that uh, one? I mean, it's uh, it sounds like something a, a fashionista would wear. I like it. Yeah, I I think it's it's a it's pretty wild. And then the other one, it it cuts off. It's so long. <laughs> it's so long that I can't actually see all of the name. It says ingrown toenail that was left untreated, which resulted in a staph infection. But they put, spelled it S T A F F instead of S T A P H. And it says and ended with an amputated foot. Your wife can know. All right, finish that sentence, Eric. Your wife can know. Longer stand. My 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 amputated foot. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't like it. I, I don't know. That's, All right, we're we're gonna you. do we're gonna do a real movie club in a second. Uh, but I, I this is our chance, Eric. We've we we have been playing Starfield, and I've also been playing Cyberpunk. <laughs> and since Kevin had to step out for a moment, I think we're gonna get this on the podcast. So let's okay. talk. Let's, go. let's talk a little Starfield. Um, I have some pros and some cons. I, there are many things I love about this game. And there are many things that I think are I don't love, but 
I want you to start because this is like your favorite um, kind of genre of games, right? These like third person uh, kind of open world action. Like, yes, third uh, person ex- create your own universe or live in a universe. Exploration kind of games. Yeah. So so what did you what do you what do you think so far of uh, of Starfield? How does it stack up in the pantheon of, you know, kind of Bethesda Grand Theft Auto style games? See, I feel like it has a chance to be near the top, but it's just not there yet. I do love it though. So if you're if you're playing it, like if you're taking your time with it and you're not rushing through it, like a big knock on the game is like, okay, you get a quest, you run to go get a soda, and you got to bring it back and you get 3,000 credits. Although that is a, that's a little harsh and it's also somewhat true. If you're taking your time and actually going through the world and interacting as you would in real life, you know, as opposed to just running as fast as you can to create this quest, um, it gets a lot more immersive. And I think that's really awesome. Does it stack up against the Mass Effect games? No. It should be better than Mass Effect, but the story just isn't there. Um, yeah. So and that's that's, like, that's bothersome that's, to me because it's that, everything I wanted Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect 4, That's this is what it should be. And it's just like not – it's so the, close. It's like the – you're right. It's, it's a t- game that is totally full of so close. I'm like mm-hmm. completely agree. It's like – it's like almost the greatest game of all time. Yeah. But the thing is, is everything they tried to do, they fell just short. The, I think the only thing that's perfect is the aesthetic. The way the game looks and like the art style that they chose, which they call NASA punk. I love it. I just cannot get enough. Every time I'm finding new ships, new items, I'm just seeing the world. I'm like, this looks so cool. It could like, use <laughs> so much so much little pushes here and there, like a shipbuilding tutorial would be fun. Uh, <laughs> just creating, let, just letting you understand, like, letting you understand how the shipbuilding is supposed to work instead of just kind of throwing you in the deep end of the pool. Yeah, or uh, you know, me just going on Reddit and you know finding the best YouTube video to watch how someone built something. You know, yeah. Um, it'd be nice if I could change the color of my suit. You know, yeah. I'm really, I'm really like, happy like sh- with my like outfit. shaders or paint or something. Yeah, I'm really happy with my with my suit. But it's a mismatch and it's nothing I would like if I were really uh, an ex bounty hunter, I would wear something a lot cooler. Um, <laughs> uh, and on top of that, I think that, you know, the the good things about the game, um, the faction quest lines are really cool. Yep. The idea I do, to explore. I do think it's weird how quickly the factions just decide they love you, though. Like, I always felt like in other Bethesda games, they kind of like they let you in slowly, you know, Oh, and you could blow it. You could be, yeah, like, and you could blow it too. Yeah. yeah. And then in this game, they're like, they're instantly, you're the most important person in their organization. There is, yeah. There is no risk, I guess, in this game outside mm-hmm. of dying. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you, you piss someone off, but they're still there. You know, yeah. it's, it's frustrating because, you know, if, if you don't like it, turn it off and load, load your checkpoint. Like it's not going to yeah. matter. And I wish they kind of put those, those bigger risks in there. Yeah. So for me, the the magic of a Bethesda game is like you could you could go and you could pick a point on the map. Okay, you could just like say, like, I want to go to this corner of the map. I want to just like I want to explore over here. This part of the map looks really cool to me. And you could just say, I want to explore over there. And then uh, you'd go there and there would be something interesting and there'd be all these interesting story beats. And there you'd like find like oh, I'm, now I'm doing this crazy dungeon and there's all these pages of this book everywhere. And it's, oh, it's like the mad king lived here. And then now he's 
oh, and it's like, and then at the end you find a sword. You know what I mean? And it'd be like, yeah. wow, this feels really like like someone handcrafted this wonderful experience for me in a way that is like super special. And there's the thing about Bethesda games like Skyrim and Fallout 4 and stuff is there are hundreds of these all over the map. And they every single like someone's one. Someone's weird little passion project. Yes, every single one feels unique and cool. I do not feel that way about anything that happens in Starfield. Now but, there's a bazillion planets and you can land on every single one of them. And there's an abandoned and factory, <laughs> an abandoned science post. And it's all exactly the same. it's yeah. it's all boring. Everything's boring and nothing's interesting. like I just wish that every planet it's a had world like of a, infinite possibilities and all of them kind of suck. So I went ended up going back to cyberpunk and I'm just like, yeah, this game is more what I was looking for. I think even though cyberpunk is flawed in other ways. They have fixed the game enough now that it's like, I'm I'm all. I've heard if I'm all if about they would just delayed it, it would have been a lot cooler. If, exactly. If they delayed it a year, I think everyone would just say it's the greatest game. Uh, Eric, if you want to, uh, if you want to play a game, but it's first person, that's the only problem. That's uh, I'm like I'm anti first person, can't do it. Yeah, but if you can handle the first person, it's third person when you're in a car. <laughs> that's I've seen videos of like how does a game look this good and like ooh it's tempting. It's so it looks so good. It's crazy. Okay. Anyway, Kevin, we took the opportunity when you stepped out for a second to talk about video games because normally we can't talk about console games because you generally play most of your games on a on a piece on PC slash. It's Switch. all PC and the occasional Switch, yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, well now we're gonna transition to movie club part two. <laughs> we all <laughs> we all watched uh the the uh movie uh b was it bs bs high bs high, BS high. Okay, uh, nice say. play on bishop sycamore um as well as a nice play on the entire thing being bullshit yeah so okay uh if you are a uh not a swear jar supporter you might want to turn this off because i don't think uh, not, any of us can talk about roy johnson without swearing at least once i can no. um but okay <laughs> All right, let's just so Roy Johnson. So apparently, I I was like I was like, how did this movie get made? Because it's a ninety minute documentary where you just watch a sociopath like lie and laugh. He's in a, really charismatic. No, he laughs in a very unsettling way. It gets it very is, unsettling after a minute. It's like though, watching the Joker. It's like yeah, I don't. It, I gotta say, I don't think he's charismatic at all. I'm kind of. I thought in the first like ten minutes, he comes across as like oh. you can see how he could do a sales pitch. Yes, you sleazy. He's sleazy a little bit like that. But okay, so this guy, Roy Johnson, uh, if you want to watch a sociopath just lie through his teeth for nine minutes, and I'm like, how did they do this? Like, how did they get this guy to admit this? Like, there's stuff in this movie. Okay, I'll give you an example. The geese thing. By Dude. the way, oh. Roy, Roy Johnson's primary heroic act, killing geese, because I hate geese. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, so no, then when he, that, when he backed up to run it over, you're like, maybe this is the sympathetic arc of this. So, so the the thing, yeah, he backs up to run over this the geese or whatever, and then I'm like, "There's no way this guy's gonna admit to this." And that director said the same thing. He said, "There's no way." He instantly admits it. He's like, "Yeah, that." Ha-. It's like I did it on also, accident. I had to play it off somehow. It's like, no, yeah, he, that's not. How yeah, that's the thing. He he painted a picture where he was still like, "Well, you know, I made the best of the situation." It's like, no, you're just a psychopath. You're so okay, You're so for those who don't know the back backstory, I'll just give the, the the Cliff Notes version. Bishop Sycamore High School was a fictional high school created by Roy Johnson. He recruited there. 
the weird one weird thing about this movie, there's no laws apparently about creating your own schools. You know, Ohio basically opened up everything for uh, DeVos's uh, charter schools, and in like dismantling a lot of those rules or like playing with it, they basically made it so you just have to be like, "We're a school," and they're like, "Okay, we can't." Well, do anything it's about not that. just your school; you're a religious entity. Do you want to know something that- wild? About this, about this religious There's so many school. wild things. What's the particular? Okay, Roy Johnson didn't. Say? Roy Johnson didn't get paid for this movie. Whoa, he did it for free. Oof. Can you imagine being that level of a sociopath that you think you're? That's how right he thought he was. He did not think anything he did. Anyway, so yeah, he creates this fictional school. He recruits like um. I'll, he, he how do I describe it as, like, this? as a prep school, so that people who are like uh, who have almost college are, football players. Yes, uh, like it's kind of like an alternate JUCO route, like IMG Academy, or there's a few military academies in uh, like or, Virginia in the North. Or like the, the la- last chance you kind of last thing. chance you. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's he's trying, he, but I felt bad for all these kids because now they're never going anywhere. Like, dude, the guy at the end who got the ride were, to Grambling and they wouldn't touch him. Yeah, so yeah. there's there's like the older kids that they're not kids they're like twenty years old and it's like I kind of don't feel as bad for them but like yeah the the young cornerback who's just kind of stuck in no man's land the, the I feel QB. bad for them because they got stuck with an eviction notice because they stole their information and used their names to rent the hotel rooms yeah that's, like that's messed up you got an eviction no, notice and you're twenty yeah that's a the whole idea of him taking out loans in their name although they can't really prove that it's um. That happens all the time, by the way, and it's yeah, it's a mess. It's That's yeah. super messed up. So this guy, anyway, if you want to see a movie about an absolute scumbag who just lies for ninety minutes and just says and just tries to justify all of his actions, and apparently there's more stuff that they left on the cutting room floor that's just as wild as everything else. They just well, felt I, like they couldn't. They were just bumming themselves out. I feel like what happened was they came in thinking they were going to get us like this kind of wild story, and. Then he just kept talking and they're like, all right, we have to film all this. Like he's just going to keep talking about all these things. And so he, I think he just became a bigger and bigger and bigger part of it until it became an expose on a con man. It's kind of like a, uh, what's the, the documentary about the guy who's uh, um, was pretending to be somebody else because he was wanted in like Spain and he ended up getting shipped back to the family. And now the, the, the guy who uh, like, took the illegal uh took the fake identity uh thinks that the family murdered the like missing person and that's why they're so surprised when he turned up I, I imposter no it's I it's remember. like it's a documentary from like 2014 called imposter where it's one of those it started with one premise and that premise was like interesting enough um and then like there was just this absolute wild person that was involved in it and they just became more and more the focus of the story being told the director said like they did a f- they did a five minute phone call with with the Roy Johnson guy, and they were like, "Yeah, we have to make we can." They're, not only do we, or is it going to be easy to make this movie? We have to make this movie. Like it's like this is in, this guy's insane. I think he was trying to defend himself. I think he wanted to be the he, like, I think he talked himself into it as I'm going to you know be the hero in this, and then his sociopathic tendencies took over, and he just couldn't stop, like just clamoring for that spotlight. It's That's disgusting to watch. That is he, it is a. It is a disgusting watch. He really did think he was the hero of this story. Like, and you can tell, like he's, he thinks all his actions were pretty justified. Like what he, he was doing. So. It, that's crazy. The last thing me. he says about how, you know, he's coming back stronger than ever. Like, please lock this man up. Please lock him up. It's such a, 
it's such an it, it's an expose on the, like the way we exploit young athletes. Yep. Like if you if you want it, like for people who are like mad about the NCAA and stuff like this, this is like a perfect example of of something that's even crazier than that. You know, it's just like that's somehow... my exact line was uh, the refusal to do anything to make good NIL rules leaves the door open for guys like this to be extremely exploitative. This is the exact kind of person who finds people on like the uh, elite 11 quarterback or whatever, the seven on seven uh, uh, like circuits. And they end up uh, attaching themselves to an athlete. And then, and this is a big problem in uh, basketball too. They attach themselves to an athlete and then they try and get all these extra favors and little things because, you know, oh, well, they're like an uncle. Well, they're whatever, whatever. And it's like, no, this guy's just out for himself. And he's 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 a real he's a real piece of crap. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I got one more thing I want to say about Eric. I'll give you I'll give you the floor here before I read this. No, no, no I, I don't have anything else to say. Okay, you ready for this? Trash and it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's the guy is a, gar- a garbage person. It's crazy how confidently he sits there and just like tells us everything. OK, um, there is a review. Uh, a user review of BS High on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, it gives the, it one half star. I want you guys to try to guess who wrote this. This so, this so called documentary is fake news or sports washing on behalf of IMG Academy. IMG Academy is the home of the college admission scandal. More crooked than Bishop Sycamore. All were paid to make the film. Bogus from the start. All kinds of conflict interests involved between IMG and HBO. Some of the reviewers are IMG Oof. mouthpieces. Okay, it. There is like four more paragraphs. I'm not going to read all the rest of it. Um, who do you think wrote this? I mean, uh, it's got to be Roy our, Johnson. It's got to be Roy Johnson, <laughs> especially because this or reads, or the guy, this, the other guy. His this reads like this or reads Matt like Canada. Trump, this reads like Trump tweets, and I think Roy John Roy Johnson has a lot in common with uh with Trump tweets. Anyway, uh, that's basically it for uh, for this. If you uh, watch BS High and uh, want to talk about it. Um, you know, we'll be on the Discord for Kevin, for Eric. We will see you next week. Go Hawks.